I'm a mama. I'm Ryan, and I'm not a mama in any universe. What? No universes? Not in none of the universe am I a mama. Uh, nope. That's unbelievable. All right. Well, cool. And this is Mama Needs a Movie. This show, I feel like sometimes I forget, we, we forget to say what the show is or about or anything like that. We just jump right into it. And this is a show... Today's a show where I think we might have people that are listening because they really like this movie or they really like this guest. And so we should maybe say, what even are you listening to? If you're right, listening just to try show. a little bit. Yes, so we should try, try a little bit. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I was thinking about how as a parent, uh, I watch movies differently than I used to. But I've always looked at movies as being a source of... You know, it's like for some people, it's a glass of wine. For some people, it's weed. For some people, it's going on a long run. I don't believe that anybody does that, but whatever. Um, and for me, it's always movies. It's going and finding like, you know, a nice comfy blanket of a movie. And it it's changed for me since having a kid that it doesn't really feel like I can watch uh, Zodiac every weekend like I used to which is your loss ultimately it's really yeah. my loss yeah. it's like I mean I guess I could fast forward but it's just not the same so I wanted to talk about movies uh from that perspective with someone who I always talk about movies with which is Ryan and uh he was nice enough to agree to let me be all mama about it on our podcast together so that's my end of it what was what's your reason I'm learning what this show is. As it goes on, I'm learning what it is. I think this is a show of very subjective movie discussion. This is not like a, this show is not like, okay, top four best Spielbergs ever go. Like it's not. The best one is the Spielberg. I like yeah, him best. <laughs> the best one is Steven Spielberg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's good shows that are like that, but this is more sort of like, I've the show is called Mama Needs a Movie, but the the, the important word is not mama. The important word is needs. Mm-hmm. If you, if you mm-hmm. need if you need to watch movies in your life, this is a show about where I think we talk about it. And some of our guests are parents. Some of them aren't parents, but I feel like everyone is hanging on to movies and entertainment uh, for dear life uh, is maybe mm-hmm. their, uh, their common point. Um, it's the yeah. door in Titanic. Exactly. We're all on the door of Titanic. Uh, <laughs> and there's room for everybody on this door. There's room for everyone on the door. On the show, we talk about old movies. We talk about new movies. Very rarely, maybe two or three times a year, there, there. I feel like there's a movie that you must talk about. Like it would be strange to do a bunch of episodes and not talk about this movie. So today, I think we have that kind of movie where it's like, this is this is one we got to talk about before we can move on to anything else. And we have a guest who is equally exciting as the subject today. Uh, our guest name like a big comedy show in the last 10 years, and he's directed an episode of it or multiple episodes of it. Uh, he uh, was very instrumental as director and producer of the show Son of Zorn, a lot of other countless things. I, this is the thing I do. I always want to get into like every single credit in the world. Mm-hmm. The thing that now is like kind of the cause celebre, the like the big project coming up is uh, he, he's the uh, director and co-writer of Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Uh, I think we're going to get to see this film before the end of the year. There's, I have like a, We have a million questions for this guy, but this is a man of great talent and great enthusiasm. Uh, please welcome Eric Appel. Hello. Happy Hello. to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I I feel like I, we haven't talked in a while, and um, we used I, to sit across from each other. Yes, mm-hmm. that's fun. And funny or die, which also <laughs> sort of ties into this movie. 
It does in a way. Now, just to start on this, because it's the first question I want to ask you was like, you've finished now principal photography on this film? Yes. And yes. And I'm, are... I'm, I'm, I'm about to enter week three of, uh, of editing uh, my director's cut. Of, okay, so you're so you're kind mm -hmm. of in the mid in the middle of the post process, we could say. Yeah, I think you know I actually have quite a bit of time on this one, more than I've had on on any other. Pro <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is what usually I do TV, and you're kind of in and out in like a couple of days. But mm -hmm. this, I have like six weeks to do a director's cut. There's another, you know, oh, nice. five five more weeks after that of like. You know, maybe some test screenings involved. Like, there's, mm -hmm. yeah, this one's quite a quite a process. It's pretty awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, a lot of time to sort of play with it and figure things out. Is this your first time having test screenings? Um, you know, I did uh, uh, on on Die Hard, uh, this uh, Quibi thing uh -huh. that I did mm. with Kevin Hart and John Travolta. Uh, we had we had a test screening for that because there was like a feature length cut of it. There was like the Quibi versions, which were like these little seven to 10 minute episodes. But when you take out all the breaks in between those and we, you can stitch them together as a, as a feature. And we did mm, like a, mm -hmm. a test screening of that, but this will, I think, you know, hopefully we get to do a screening in a theater. That was all, that was during COVID. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, we had sent people links and they did anonymous surveys. I want to be in a room like, yeah, well, maybe not in the room, but at least like watching <laughs> from <Right>. somewhere, <laughs> seeing what the reactions are, but only the good ones. You could tell me about the bad reactions. <laughs> right. I There's just imagine <laughs> it being like when, uh, you know, someone's being questioned and a, and they're, they're cops and they have the re the non-reflective glass. And you, yeah. uh, like, you know, that's we, what I'm imagining. Well, I hope it's like that. <laughs> I'll tell you when we did. Uh, that's what focus groups are like when when we did Son of Zorn. Uh -huh. screen, screened the pilot for a focus group up in Valley Village. Oh, <laughs> and, wow. Uh, that's a, yeah, like the heart a, of America's a, heartland. Yeah. <laughs> yes. just, a, just a room of like 20 random weirdos that, you know, want $25 to give their opinions <laughs> right. on, on some television show. And uh, yeah, it's really weird. That's where they have like dials in their hands and. Really? I, yeah, they actually I'm, do that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm behind oh. a two way mirror. And I'm, I'm, uh, there's one screen that, uh, the show is on. Um, I'm looking at these people's faces through the, the two way glass. And there's also a big screen with like metrics and graphs and <laughs> a line oh that's kind of going up and down w when people are turning their <laughs> dial to the happy side or to the negative side. The most it's psychotic sad. thing I've ever seen. Like you it's they so do it sometimes crazy. during debates and you're just like, wow, you can watch in real time. People just go like that. Thing, yeah. The, the, the graphs and or the peaks and valleys of the graph. Yeah, yeah. There's one, there's one thing like when a joke doesn't land you know as we're coming from the, the world of the stage we're used to silence you know it's like oh that joke yeah. didn't land yeah so not only do you have silence but you also have a big red line <laughs> just like plunging right. toward hell <laughs> Yeah. You can't you can't be like, well, they're just laughing quietly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know they like, no, they're not just like contemplating this joke. They're like <laughs> turned off by it. Like actually yeah. turned off by this joke. Yeah. The um yeah. exciting though. How do you feel? I mean, uh, just on weird, I know uh, there's a lot of secrets probably to save about the movie. Yeah. Do you feel good? I'm sure you're tired from shooting it, but do you feel you feel good about what you got? I feel I, I feel really good about what we got. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, you know, Weird Al and I wrote this movie together and we, we spent a long time working on the script and 
Um, Daniel Radcliffe got attached to play Al right at the beginning of COVID. So we had like another two years to kind of sit with the script. And oh just, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Gosh, yeah. There yeah. were, you know, rewrote a few little moments. It just ca- kind of kept getting better and better. Obviously there were things that had to come out because of, you know, the, we didn't have $50 million. To <laughs> Certain things had to scale back a little bit, but, um, but yeah, we were, the, the script was in a really great place and, you know, I knew it well enough that it's a project that, that I'm so close to that even though we had kind of a fast shooting schedule, we shot this whole thing in 18 days, mm-hmm. which is, which is kind of, cool. it's a, you know, it was a hundred page script in, yeah. in 18 days with musical numbers and like concert scenes oh, and, God. and, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of crazy, all, all the wonderful things that you'd expect to find in a biopic, but we had to cram it into 18 days and, and, uh, our cast was just so, so good. I mean, it all starts with Daniel Radcliffe as, as Weird Al was just like so dialed in and so fantastic. And just Daniel was- Radcliffe, we were looking at uh, The Lost City the other day. Yeah. We, we, we talked about it on the show. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and just remarking on, like, I was saying, like, for me, it's like, wa- it's like watching a new actor emerge. Yes. Yeah. You're like, it's a different, I know Harry Potter, you might, you might love Harry Potter, you might not care about Harry Potter. It's, it's almost like, okay, this is a new guy. Yeah, and he's very committed and um, manic, almost in that movie, yeah. and very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's a real, he's a real guy, he's a real actor. You know, he's here, you know. such a pro, and, and, and I mean that's the other thing too. Like, you know, it's not just like oh, he was in the Harry Potter. Movie. Like, he carried those movies. He had to carry yeah. all of those movies. He is. Yeah, the, as a child. You know, yeah, he's the lead. He's like the he's the audience's perspective in those movies. He's like your way into that world. And so to carry all that weight on your shoulders from, you know, age 10 to age 20 or however old he was, you know, throughout yeah. the course of all these, um, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, of course, it's prepared him to be like a fantastic actor now in his 30s. But he's yeah. so prepped. He's such a pro. He's so committed. He was like, especially, you know, uh, also coming from the world of TV, I'm used to people kind of like, you know, they get the script the day before you shoot sometimes. <laughs> it's like they're learning yeah. their lines the night before. <laughs> uh, a month before we were shooting, he was like, hey, is the script going to change at all? I just want to learn my lines now so I can like <laughs> concentrate on my accordion playing, which is also something he learned how to do. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. He took accordion lessons for for, for a couple of months. <laughs> Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah, back I would in, love like, to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like zoomed with him in Dece- you know, uh, uh, December, you know, just before we started really going into pre-production. And he was like, I just want to show you where I'm at with the accordion. So <laughs> I was blown. I'm, I was blown away. Wow. I'm like, you're you're actually you can play these songs. It's crazy. Wow. What a skill. What a like a one time skill. Cause it's like, he's, what's he going to bust out the accordion later, <laughs> later on in another movie? <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah, wow, probably. Wow. Yeah. But like, that's, that, that's, that's how we got through that schedule. Like, he was just so dialed in and so good. And his performance was so, you know, after the first take, it's like, you're, you're, you're not so much giving adjustments as you're like, oh, okay, I guess let's try a couple new things because that first one, you you have it already. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Evan Rachel Wood is Madonna um, oh, wow. as well, who, who plays like a pretty big role in it. Um, she's also just like absolutely incredible, such a pro. Take one, you know, 
like they did their she sounds like Madonna like mm-hmm. they it's really wow I'm blessed to have such an amazing cast she also yeah. comes so uh, Evan Rachel Wood was a child actor right yeah yeah so, yeah. yeah yeah maybe it's like I think this is the good like this is the sort of uh maybe unsung thing about child actors is they can sometimes grow up to be just the most professional people you've ever met in your yeah. life because yeah. they have that right. <laughs> or dead one or the other right. there, there, yeah, yeah there's yeah there's two paths but like uh but like uh, when it works out they're like they're like the the Jodie Fosters of the world that like yeah. have that, that's like I know how to do this and I'm the best at it and, yeah. Uh, yeah yes exactly yeah um but yeah, it was just uh, it was it was a really great experience, and I'm I'm excited for people to uh, to see it. There's a lot of secrecy around around the movie and exactly what the the content of it is, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which yeah. I won't really get into. But it's a uh, I think it's going to be a real satisfying biopic for uh, fans of Al, uh, maybe people that are aren't so familiar with Al, um, fans of just the biopic genre in general, mm-hmm. I think yeah. we'll really mm-hmm. get a kick out of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, uh, we, I, we didn't even mention up top, this is this is a project that's been with you, at least in your head for a long time, because you did, this is like 10 years ago, you did the the short. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, Paul uh, uh, in the role, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of like, uh, as I'm sure you remember my thing for a little bit there at Funny or Die was like, it was right when the red camera came out and suddenly people were like, oh, our things can actually look like real movies. Yeah. <laughs> like overnight, it was just like, oh my God, it looks like we're shooting on film. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, yeah, I just wanted to make these fake movie trailers that looked like real movies. I mm. wanted to just like capture, oh, can we just spend a couple of days grabbing like all these cool little movie moments that would like make it into a trailer and see if we could maybe fool people into thinking this is a real movie that's, that's yeah. going to come out. And, yeah. and, um, it, and it was so just 10 years later. It's just Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. you did make a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And at the time, I remember after that trailer came out, people were so psyched about it. Aaron Paul and Olivia Wilde, who played Madonna in the original trailer, um, they were like, oh, let's, we got to make a real movie, man. Uh-huh. And, and Al at the time was like, ah, this is, you know, it works better as like a little short. I don't think it's going to sustain itself. Um, over the course of the last 10, 10 or so years, he's been showing this trailer um, at all of his concerts, like in the middle of the show during a costume change. Really? This trailer plays. Yeah. Whoa. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, so for 10 years, he's had people after shows coming up to him every show and saying like man i've never seen that trailer before like is that real like uh-huh. is there a real movie i <laughs> man i really wish there was so in 2019 he just kind of like emailed me out of the blue and he said you know i've sort of come around on this idea of of making uh you know kind of trying to figure out what my next project's going to be and if you're interested like we could write this movie together and you could direct it and yeah, that's how the whole thing sort of wow. <laughs> kicked off. And then Funny or Die oh, were producers on it. Wow, that's um, great. That's 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 nice. That's nice for it to come together that way. Like yeah, uh, the the and it's in a way it's like God. You count all those people that have been to those concerts. So a lot of people are going to be primed for this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and I think they'll be happy if they're fans. You know, if if people were fans of that trailer, I think they're going to be. Um, very excited when they see this one. And when you were when you were younger, was this one of your 
one of your big guys was um, like, were you a big Yeah, fan? Weird Al for sure. I was a huge um, Weird Al fan as a kid. In fact, when the movie got announced, I had people that I went to like elementary school with um, reach out to me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they're like, of course, man. They're like, wow, <laughs> I remember in sixth grade, you like forcing us to listen to <laughs> we just wanted to listen to the actual nirvana song and you were like no nah, man there's a better version <laughs> this weird al version <laughs> it's the funny version you know yes yeah. yes that's great though but yeah i was always such like my, my my mom got me into a lot of like weird comedy stuff when i was really young um Mm-hmm. She's the one that introduced me to like SNL and Monty Python and um, and Weird Al was one of those things. Like I remember my mom, you know, calling me over to watch the Eat It video when I'm like five, six years old. <laughs> wow, that's kind of unusual for the mom to be the comedy inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, my mom's whole family. You just get a really funny, quirky family. Um, my dad's family was a little more. St- I don't know, straight and narrow, I guess, or just not into that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's funny. My parents were divorced. I grew, I grew up with my mom, but we would, um, my dad would come up like every other weekend mm-hmm. and we'd go to the movies. That's where I saw like a lot of movies as a kid. My dad, yeah. my dad would take us, uh, would take us to movies, but he would just fall asleep during the movie or just like not care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I got to pick the movie, you know, my sister was a couple years younger than me. I kind of got to pick the movie every, you know, so like my, like every, at least every couple of weeks I went to the movie theater and saw a movie like my whole life. Uh-huh. <laughs> and wow. it was always a movie I picked and my dad slept through. <laughs> so not a lot of discussion about the movie. <laughs> not a lot of discussion. No. A lot of me like drawing pictures of like things from yeah the, yeah mm-hmm. what were the films i mean that were i mean there's a this is a very standard question and yeah but, but what are the when you think back to like okay growing up these are the films that i walked out of and 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 remember very vividly and you know obviously got you on a path i mean you're a director obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where you decided i will devote my life to this <laughs> yeah yeah um well peewee's big adventure is, is one for sure mm-hmm. although i saw that on on VHS was the first time I saw it. I did not, my, my parents did not take me to see Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but that was a movie that like we rented a whole bunch when I was a kid and I was like yeah. totally obsessed with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those early Tim Burton movies, I, I have very vivid memories. And when I was saying I'd go home and draw pictures, I have like my mom has picked Beetlejuice pictures that I drew uh-huh. when I was like eight, eight years old of like, Beetlejuice flying above the graveyard. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is funny as an adult to watch it and think about because that whole scene is about Beetlejuice feeling up Gina Davis' character. Yeah, <laughs> all these like really gross, like trying to look up her skirt with a stick and like. Yeah, <laughs> he's like talking to Alec Baldwin and like reaching behind himself and feeling her up as he's talking. Oh, yeah. God. And I loved it as an eight-year-old boy. Oh, as an eight-year-old, nothing, no character <laughs> yeah. will ever play better to eight-year-olds than Beetlejuice, truly. Well, because he sort of uh, is an eight, he is sort of like a puberty, like yeah, in the midst of puberty yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. He's all id. He says the F word, he honks his penis. Very controversially. <laughs> he ki- kicks a thing over, yeah. Those Tim Burton movies yeah. are like, I now it's, it's easy to kind of... Um, 
I don't know, sort of dismiss Tim Burton or especially like you kind of go, well, I don't know about the, the recent people complain about the recent movies or whatever, but they forget he had like perhaps the best six run, I know, uh, yeah. six film run of any director from Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Beetlejuice, the original Batman, Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. Edward Scissorhands, yeah, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, just Batman like the Returns, most... Ed Wood, yeah. Ed Wood, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, so good, so so like I think uh, bittersweet so good at at creating scenes that were like oh this is a little bit horror this is a little bit family it's a yeah. little bit about being weird but it's a good thing and the music always being amazing yeah yeah and just like really bizarre comedic moments and so much heart as well yeah yeah like edward scissorhands in particular that movie has has there are some of the funniest moments in that movie. Um, and it's just such a bizarro world. And mm-hmm. yet it like works. It just, everything works and the heart comes through and you really care about these characters. And yeah, you totally <laughs> accept that he has scissor hands, yeah. <laughs> which is sort of akin to this movie with the hot dog hands. It's yes. Like, right. Right. Yes. You had to go in and say, I want him to have it's this, him having scissor hands. And I can imagine somebody at the time being like, yeah, but that's going to make it really hard for us to, you know, make toys or, <laughs> you know, have yeah. a romance. Like, how's he going to touch her? It's like, don't worry about it. it. This is part of the movie. You got to do it. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like I was drawn. Uh, th- those are the, just the types of movies I was drawn to that had sort of a weirder, fantastic, like Roger Rabbit's another one that like mm-hmm. I probably saw yeah. three or four times in the theater when I was a nine-year-old. Um, back when like one movie would play in the theater for like the entire summer <laughs> in my town. <time>. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's so weird to look at like, uh, uh, I'm playing this, uh, that, that, sh- that podcast called Blank Check, pl- Blank Check. They mm-hmm. have a, they've they've yeah. made a game now where you guess the box office winners from every year or whatever. And when you look at, if you just look at box office stats, from, yeah. If you look at one in like 1988, it's like the top five are like, yes, this one held on for 10 weeks. This one held on for five weeks. Like the mo- movies used to have these incredible runs, mm-hmm. whereas yeah. now it's like a movie. If a movie is on the on top for two weeks in a row, people lose their minds. And uh, but back then it was just like so like Roger Rabbit was the phenomenon yeah. all summer long. And, every, and then that, yeah, now yeah. it's like two weeks later, then you buy it and own it. <laughs> yeah. so, right, right. And have like all these special features and commentary. And <laughs> right. deleted scenes it's so bizarre and a tv remember, show <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah the spin-off tv show the um i remember when you couldn't uh own movies like uh mm. you know you can only rent them like they didn't really sell vhs tapes mm-hmm. like like they would only be available to rent first and then maybe like six months later they would do like a release that you mm-hmm. can buy and I would go down, my my dad lived a, around the New York City area, and we'd go down there and uh, at like the record, uh, whatever, Tower Records in New York, they would sell, it must have been the copies that like video stores would buy. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh my God, they have Wayne's World here. It's $150 <laughs> for the VHS of Wayne's World. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 
I remember wanting to get as a kid the Godfather. They released like a, a collection of the three Godfather films. Yeah. And being like, I got to have this collection of the three Godfather films. And I think it was like 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But it was only 150 bucks because Godfather 3 was new. Oh. <laughs> like, so Godfather 3 costs $120 and the others cost whatever. Because the, the retail value, like movies would sell for 20, about $20. Right, uh, right. Yeah. I, and occasionally like Terminator 2 or something, there would be one where they would sell opening day. Everyone can buy Terminator 2 and so it's available to everybody. I I, t- I tell my kids about these, you know, about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that I, you, you know, you never think when you're growing up in the, whatever time you're growing up in, you never think like these are going to be the things yeah. that I tell my kids about that are like <laughs> right. so wildly different in the future. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that about showing my daughter who's, you know, she's three and a half. So she's a little younger than your kids, but she like, when we play music, she's looking at the Spotify pictures. So she's looking at music. They're not music videos, but they're pictures. And she'll refer to songs by whatever the Spotify logo is. Yes. And knows the songs by the pictures. And it's it, that's a really startling difference. Like you it have is. a visual association with this. All right. And you can have any song from any era immediately. Mm, I mean, that's the craziest uh that's the it's the media consumption is just so different wildly yeah. different than it was like <laughs> yeah. a decade ago but especially whatever 30 years ago when i was the age of like my oldest <laughs> yeah yeah that's crazy and how old are your kids uh adelaide uh turns 10 um next month or this month and uh juliet is uh 7 she turns uh 8 in october wow yeah. 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 And they're like at the age now where they have their favorite things, you know, like mm-hmm. I tried sort of feeding them, uh, uh, you know, kind of curating what they watched. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I wasn't one of these, like, <laughs> just let them put on whatever Disney channel and pick out what they want. I sort mm-hmm. of carefully curated everything yeah same same because it's like you have a chance you have one chance to get them into good stuff yeah yeah right right and it's funny now that like she's um Adelaide especially you know is in is in fourth grade and is just like into things that just the other fourth graders aren't into oh Mm -hmm. really and I'm like yeah you're the cool one that is these things that well you know things that I think maybe other fourth grade parents are like, I don't know if that's appropriate for my child. Ah, <laughs> like she watched, edge. like she's into Stranger Things before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, before I think most kids' parents are going to let them watch Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. let her watch Stranger Things. She's really into this anime show called Demon Slayer. I've Ooh. heard of that one. It's like this really popular. And I got to say, I am very into Demon Slayer as well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Where we got so into Demon Slayer that like I bought the um, whatever the app, the Funimation app or whatever, where you can watch the anime shows like in like as they premiere in Japan. Like oh, it, you, know, you can get them here. It's like a ten dollar a month like Apple TV thing. Oh wow! Uh-huh. Um, so we watch them like the day they drop in Japan because they won't you know they won't go to Netflix for like another year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And they'll can't. be dubbed. So we watch like the subtitled version. Like I'm really trying to get her into watching subtitled. Yeah. yeah. You know. Does she appreciate the what what you're going for there? The idea of like this is the better version. I mean, I feel like yeah. that's a very abstract thing for a kid to understand. But like this is actually the 
as intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. The oh, dub, the, yeah. the oh the the, su- the subtitles. The dub versus subtitles yeah. in anime yeah. or whatever, any kind of thing like that. Yeah. yeah and I've sort of like. It's funny because I kind of raised them both on Miyazaki movies. Like they're both mm-hmm. really into like all the Miyazaki oh, stuff. Wow. Um, and it's funny that those they've never seen the subtitled version because the voices and the it's always like Amy Poehler. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, like they're pretty good. They're not just they're yeah, not, they're good. They're, they're good. not bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just really like the the dubbed versions are always so weird just because the way the cadence that 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 Japanese is spoken in or, mm-hmm. or you know, many of these Asian languages are spoken in is so wildly different than like an English cadence that they sometimes have to write English in a cadence that like English isn't spoken in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it yeah. just feels like weird and stilted <laughs> because they're trying to sort of approximate what they're saying and fit it into the mouth flap <laughs> right. of the character. That's why yeah. dubbed always just feels like bizarre. Um, yeah. I noticed I'm, that with stuff that, cause I'm trying to learn Spanish right now. And I noticed that with like the, the placeholder sounds in different languages are like different languages use fewer of those placeholder sounds like, uh, and, um, yeah, and yeah, in different right. ways, and it's like that's not even specifically about the words. It's like just to just to be like, Ugh, I'm still making noise. Don't right. don't yeah, talk right. over me. <laughs> and in Japanese, I noticed like that's very different than in English. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching some like uh, something on Twitter there, some video for of some like Ukrainian guy or Russian guy giving some sort of speech. I can't remember exactly what it was, but what stuck out to me was. I was way ahead. Like I would read the subtitle and mm-hmm. then I feel like he would have 15 more seconds of just like saying words in Russian. And I'm like, wow, do they have way, yeah. does it take a lot longer to like say a sentence that is yeah. like really simple to just read in English? Could be. I mean, like German with those giant words is like, yeah. well, I don't know. But I think, yeah, in, in something that's fast, like anime, you could have easily like somewhat of a disconnect between the action and then the talking and then trying to fit all that together. So subtitles, I also feel like subtitles and black and white are two things that people trying to watch movies who haven't watched those as a kid, they really struggle with. Like, I can't, I just can't, I just can't. This is weird. I don't like it. Right. And that's what I tried to, I've, I've shown my, my kids have watched a lot of like Buster Keaton and like Mm -hmm. Charlie Chaplin and stuff. I tried to show them when they were young to sort Mm -hmm. of, just because those are so, cause my, my youngest is, is deaf and has, she wears, has cochlear implants Mm -hmm. and her language is just, was very delayed. Mm -hmm. So she tended to like really gravitate toward Pixar movies and Disney movies Mm -hmm. where, the storytelling is lies as much in like the expressions on characters faces as it does in the, in the spoken language. Sure. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I think she's going to really, I think she'll really dig like Buster Keaton stuff, you know, like the general, it's just like right. a fun, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. train chase with really wacky fun stunts. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. and they loved stuff like that. So it is incredible. Yeah. It's like uh, people, I think, think they're inaccessible or something, and then you realize they these are the greatest stunts ever performed by anyone. Yeah. God, I know. Yeah. Of, and of for real, world. and like we watch um, Safety Last, um, uh, the, you know, Lloyd. the clock scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, I did not realize until after I showed it to her a bunch of times that he was missing fingers when he shot that. He oh was actually God. missing some fingers. <laughs> and... 
I mean, he did have, you know, it wasn't what it looked like. He wasn't just hanging off a clock, but just like it's Insane. it's so compelling. It's so compelling to watch because you're watching him just climb the side of a building. And yeah. you know that it's not CGI, I think, is part of it, too, as an adult. Right. <laughs> I know right. this isn't completely fake. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so fun getting to see things actually practically done. I've been showing... Um, I tried to get Addie into Jackie Chan stuff too, mm-hmm. oh, and this was before she before her her re, she reads very well, like she can do subtitles now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny actually. After we saw after I saw everything everywhere all at once, I was like, oh, um, you. I'm like, you could watch Crouching Tiger, Addie, uh-huh. and like you could watch Super Cop. <laughs> like once, the like, great the greatest uh, moment in any parent's life. So I started showing her like police story. I was like, look at wow, look at police story. Like look at uh-huh. they're they're like actually crashing these cars through this like d- driving uh-huh. them down this hill and crashing them through all these little houses and shacks and stuff. Uh, um, my next up is hard boiled. Yeah. Yeah. Killer. <laughs> yes. I feel like I want your kids to go into the criterion closet. I think they're ready to. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah, seen a kid there. in there. That would be amazing. That inti- the criterion closet intimidates me. I know, because you don't want to pick out the basic. You don't want to be basic about it. Oh, yeah. if I go in, I'm doing basic. I'm doing Benjamin Button. I'm just doing. <laughs> Is there a criterion of Benjamin Button? Yeah, there's a criterion of Benjamin Button. I'm doing Benjamin Button. I'm doing like, I'm doing Rushmore and Benjamin Button. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I tried showing my kids Benjamin Button. And they weren't that into it. I tried showing Addie a couple of years ago. Benjamin yeah. Button. She wasn't into it. I think you have to be old enough to have regrets. I think so too. Yeah. I like the music. I thought she'd like the. I thought she'd get caught up in like the that Desplat soundtrack. Like it's such, yeah. such a great. It's the music is so beautiful in that movie. I thought she'd it's be a in gorgeous it. movie. It is. I'm looking forward to showing uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. But it's like mm, there's a lot of killing in it right now. Yeah, there's stuff that like I'll show Addie scenes from movies where I won't. I, I'm just like, I can't yeah. show you the whole movie. Yeah. And my kids are, by the way, fine. Like, I, I curse a lot at home mm-hmm. um, in front of them. <laughs> and and, and like, they're fine. We're just we're very liberal with uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. language at our house. And they're fine. They're fine. Um, so, like, I can show her stuff with cursing. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's fine. It's just, it's things that are, like, sexual in nature. And I think, you know, also part of it is that, like, I'm... I'm a director and I'm like, this is what I do. Like I wanted her yeah. to show her like little parts of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, terrifying for a child. But I was like, especially some of the themes in there. It's like, Ooh. well, I see. No, no, no. I skip over Not that, that part. Uh, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my mom too. Like was when I was a kid really wanted me to be into Stephen King, but like, not like the rapey stuff or like yeah. any of like the real adult <laughs> stuff in the books. Right. <laughs> She's like, don't not, this isn't okay. Yeah. 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 But I feel like that's what I was like when I was a kid. My mom would show me sort of like things that were scary. She was like, yeah, you're cool. You can handle it. Or like mm-hmm. curse words or violence. Like you're, mm-hmm. you, you get that this is fake. It Like boobs, my mom would be like, her hand would go over my eyes. <laughs> that was my, my mom too. It was, it was, it was yeah. sort of like that. There was maybe certain kinds of violence, but like, but mostly everything was fine. And then boobs or sex would come on and it was like, nope, we ain't doing this. Yep. But, yep. She'd yeah. fast forward. Look away, look away, fast forward. And I, now I find myself doing that, mm-hmm. uh, doing that with Addie too. They're dangerous. Do you do you ever find your kids getting scared by movies or, or is it is it are they kind of well 
Uh, um, I mean, I'm sure Addy, they get scared by stuff, but you know, Addie like doesn't really get scared. I try like when she was like three years old, three or four. I showed her like just to test the waters. Mm-hmm. I showed her the large Marge scene from Big Adventure because uh, I remember iconic. I was like yeah. terrified by that mm-hmm. when I was a yeah. kid. And uh, I think I videotaped her reaction too, and <laughs> and it was like nothing. She like wasn't phased. <laughs> so then I upped the ante and I was like, all right, let me show, let me show her the, the T-Rex scene from Jurassic Park with the kids mm. in the car. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, is this dinosaur is trying to eat children? And she's yeah. a right. child. Like, <laughs> You should relate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and she was like pretty cool with it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm like, all right, she'll be fine. And then, you know, by the time we got to like stranger things and she was, I think she was maybe Oh, just about eight years old when I like showed her Stranger Things and her friends are like, I would never watch that. Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. And, oh. and she wears it like, a, I mean, I think part of it is that she, it's something she gets to feel cool about and special yeah. about. Is that yeah. like, oh, you don't watch that? Well, <laughs> my dad and I, you know, my dad and I watch movies like <laughs> yeah. shows like this. I'm very brave. I'm very yeah. brave. I'm sorry you're not. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty exciting because there's no actual danger to it. It's nice that they can get into that instead of like, I brought a gun to school. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I show her behind the scenes stuff, too. Like, yeah. And and also because like she knows that that's what I do for a living. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I do things that I could do things that are scary. I do things that are violent and it's not real violence. And like she's come to set. You know, she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that gives um, you a whole different picture of it. I think when I was a kid, I think the thing that got me into the idea of directing or that that was something that I would like to do was watching the making of Thriller was a thing. Yeah. They showed that yes. on MTV or they showed that on television a lot. And I and that and the, some making of Star Wars things, but making of Thriller in particular. Now that I look back and it's like, well, there's John Landis. But I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like that. Once you see there's a fog machine and guys in suits coming out of stuff. You never, how can you ever want to do anything other than that? I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. That, that, that's it. Yeah. I used to love watching like making of stuff when I was a kid. I remember like the making of back to the future Two, watching that as like mm-hmm. a nine or 10 year old yeah. and just being so blown away by, you know, they're on hoverboards, but there's like wires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what? <laughs> Yeah, um, so many wires. Almost as fascinating as the movies, like when you get into, I mean, especially like with, with the Star Wars films and stuff that you're watching little puppets and Phil Tippett, it's it's the best thing in the world to watch. I yeah, think. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. the most fascinating thing in the world to watch. It is. And I wonder if my kids will want to do it. Like I had no, I grew up, I grew up in upstate New York. I have absolutely zero ties to the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and my family and just never in a million years as a kid did I think that like this is what I would that this was like an attainable career for me yeah Mm -hmm. um just because it was so so far away like I loved movies and I would buy you know the scripts that they'd sell at like Barnes and Noble I had like you know the commemorative pulp fiction script (laughs) Uh that had a bunch of photo inserts in the center of it and like um but like I never, I, I never in a million years thought that I would end up here. And for my kids now to be able to like walk onto a movie set, yeah, and see how it all comes together. And like I show them dailies. Like I go home and show my kids dailies. I show them auditions. I'm like, what do you think of this guy? Uh-huh. He's got something, doesn't he? Like, 
<laughs> and That's he's great. like, I kind of like this guy a little bit better. And like uh-huh. we, we discussed these things. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this has, this is, I don't know. I don't That's know if so she, fun. I don't know if she thinks it's really cool or it's just kind of normal to her. But thinking back, I'm like, man, if I had exposure to that when I was a kid, that's. Mm-hmm. How does, how do you think, I mean, since your mom was the one who was more into movies, how does she feel about, like, how does she feel about you leaving and heading um, out to try and do it? She, uh, I mean, she's super proud and like, mm-hmm. lo- you know, loves it. But I don't think she cared as much about like making of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, she liked watching it, what you know, watching things, but. But I don't think that she really like understood how it all came together. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I don't think she really paid much attention to that. Yeah. Although now, like I let her in on the process too, and show her, you know, mm-hmm. every step of the way. I'm, you know, show her what what's happening. Yeah, here's the dailies. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, dailies. <laughs> the, the family dailies. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Love this meeting. It seems like though that your your daughters are in a position to find the next, uh, you know, Justin Bieber or something because you have this. You wouldn't necessarily know that this boy is going to be a big deal, but maybe they will be able to. That's your, right. Your eyes and ears for that. Yeah, yeah. They keep me. They keep me young. They keep me. Um, yeah, I know who like the kid Leroy is. <laughs> Do you you have any idea who that is? No. He's a pop star that like. (laughs) His name is The Kid Leroy. His, his, uh, my daughter would be like, actually, his name is Charles Bubba Bubba the third. (laughs) Right, right. He's like some Australian pop star Uh (laughs) whose song has like 1.6 billion streams on Spotify. Wow. Um, So he's BTS level and I've never heard of him. Yeah. And he has a, um. The big song is like a collab with Justin Bieber, actually. It's like Justin Bieber passing the torch. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, it's nice sort of knowing about what kids are into. Right. You know? Right. We watch a lot of TikTok Uh together. I don't think I have. Do you do the dances, though? (laughs) We don't do do the the dances. (laughs) We don't do the dances, no. We actually just, speaking of dances, we just bought a, um, I got the Oculus uh, uh-huh. Oculus Uh-oh. Go or the Oculus Quest. Yeah. I just bought it yesterday. And oh. we've been like playing Beat Saber. Yeah. What's that? It's fun. It's fun. It's like you have two lightsabers. It's like Dance Dance Revolution or Guitar Hero or one of those games. Uh-huh. And uh, but it's in th- you know, you're in 3D space and there's uh-huh. these blocks coming at you with arrows and you have two light like lightsabers in your hand. Uh-huh. And like to the beat of the music, you're like Dancing around, you look like a raver, basically. Right. Yeah, you look it's insane. Like a fun, but yeah, it's like a, it. <laughs> it's like a fun way to get you to do the. You ever see those videos with like those goths that like dance that like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the. It's like gets you to do those moves. I um, That's great. I yeah. got my niece one, or my sister and I got my niece one for Christmas. And yeah, I had all of like two days to play with it, but I was like, I'm going to play with this thing every second I can while I have it. <laughs> it <laughs> so- I thought it was so, f- I was like, this is the most fun thing in the world. If I was a kid and I had it, I would never do anything else. I would uh, just live yeah. in the Oculus. Uh, yeah, it's- uh, Wait, it's almost like incredible. a multiverse? Oh, that's a good segue. <laughs> so, the, yeah, so the movie we're, we're going to talk about today is has the best title. I kept thinking this can't really be the title, but that is the title, is Everything Everywhere All at Once. 
And when there's a title that's so satisfying, it's like, please live up to this title. And it's directed by uh, Daniels, not The Daniels. It's not The Titanic either, by the way, Elizabeth Taylor. (laughs) 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 Topical reference. Um, Oh, you mean when she said The Titanic? Yes, during the Oscars. Oh, yes. When she she said Best Picture, she said The Titanic. Really? No. Oh, my God, that's Mm -mm. hilarious. Mm -mm. Do you remember when she did the Golden Globe and she said, It's Gladiator. And then... uh, Molly, a- Sh- Molly Shannon did that on the SNL. Like, Gladiator! <laughs> she had a great I do run. not remember either of these things, but that's really You funny. might be able to find Elizabeth Taylor announcing, <laughs> Gladiator! I'm writing that down. But that, that's what I always think of when there's an added V to things, is Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. Well, drop the V, it's cleaner. Yeah, drop the V, Daniels, uh, who also <laughs> made Swiss Army Man and turned down for what? The music video. Um, I was walking with my friend and we when we went to see this movie at the Grove um, and we used Ryan's parking hack, uh, which is park park at the park near near the Grove, but not at the Grove oh. Pan Pacific Park. Yeah. Pan Pacific. Yeah. Pan Pacific. Walk over. And uh, we were walking along and I was talking about how we were going to do this podcast. And that was why I was seeing the movie, aside from wanting to see the movie. And uh, I mentioned uh, the Weird Al movie. And she was like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. I really want to see that. I love Daniel Radcliffe. So it was all of these things coming together. It's like they made this movie with Daniel Radcliffe. You made a movie with Daniel Radcliffe. We both saw this movie. (laughs) It's like it had to be. Um, (laughs) so basically this movie i can do the synopsis because i think it's like it's so complicated that it's simple um it's about a woman evelyn wang played by michelle yo and her husband uh waymond wang who's kihi kwan and they have this relationship that's okay they live behind the laundromat uh that they own and all of a sudden they they're they're going to get their uh they're being audited and they go into the office and then hold on a second it's about multiverses and saving your daughter and all of these different dimensions in which different things are true but basically it is a mother daughter story um and uh you know about sort of accepting people for who they are and it's sort of like you can't actually give a synopsis of it because I think you what you might take from it is so specific to what your relationships with your family, uh, family of origin or the family that you created, whatever that is. And uh, it's just so, uh, I think it's so fun to talk about. So let's just talk about it. Yeah. Also like <laughs> 20,000 things happen in it. So uh, yes, yeah. Yes. It, it, yeah, it really is. In it. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it it is truly it is everything. Yes, everywhere, all at once. All yeah. At once. Yeah. yeah, it's like every th- possible theme. Yeah, <laughs> you could you could think of yeah, like a- everyone could have their own personal angle on this movie. For yeah, sure. yeah, and I think you could even you could even make your own section of it and add it to the movie and make it a, a million a, like a hundred hours of this movie and it would be like sure sure pile on. It's a very I feel like a very generous story. Yeah. Uh, the first thing, I mean, I think that like if you're just walking in off the street into this movie and you don't really know Daniels or anything about the film is just the style of the movie. Like the kind of scope and style is unlike anything that you're probably used to in terms of just the number of costume changes, sets, um, 
I, I, I got a little bit of a, of a, of an anxiety attack just thinking about directing what it would be like to direct. Them. <laughs> <laughs> they say, you know, I actually was emailing with, um, with, uh, Daniel and Daniel about it after I saw it. Oh, and, really? Um, yeah, I randomly had met them years ago when they were still doing music videos. Um, I like hung out with them, you know, a few times and, um, Anyway, I was, uh, uh, they were like, this was very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was so much work. It was so, you know, I mean, it was a real labor of love, of course, but I think Mm -hmm. it took them years of just, uh, you know, I I can't imagine even just from, yeah, directing, having anxiety, thinking about directing something like this, but also writing something like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so, um, everything, even like the smallest joke, that you think is a throwaway ends up like paying off huge by the end of the movie. Like nothing is wasted. Nothing is thrown away. I'm, I've only seen it once, but I feel like this is a movie you could see, you know, it's one of those movies. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie every year and I'm going to notice new things. And I'm gonna... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I thought the, about the, the, the idea that there was a, a universe where everyone had hot dogs for fingers and just how I thought it was just going to be like, boop, there's that. But then it comes back and then they can play piano and then they knit using their feet. And then in yeah. intimate scenes, they hold each other's faces with their feet. And it was like, oh, no, you sat down and thought about this entire <laughs> universe. And then you put it all in here. And I guess I the audacity of it. I was like, how do you get the confidence to say this is an absurd idea? And it's worth pursuing. Right. Like, how do you find that? Right. I, I, yeah, I almost wonder, like, where did, where did hot dog fingers start? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah. like, did, did it start as a throwaway joke or, did, you know, yeah, did or it? a weird, bizarre thing? And then they, yeah, because it, it ends up becoming so rich, and by the end of it, it's so poignant. Like, yeah, so I'm, touching. I'm like, I think I'm like crying. <laughs> I'm like, About I'm like dog? crying during the this final hot dog finger scene because they like love each other. These two people that hate each other in one universe are like in love with each other yeah. in the other, and they they accept. But they're each essential other and- to each other in this. I mean, as a parent, I love the idea that in every universe she has this daughter. Yes. And I believe that. And at the risk of crying, I love that idea. It's like, I believe that very strongly. I think there's something, there's something very, uh, uh, like challenging and wonderful about that. Like in every universe, there's difficulty with this, her daughter. And in every universe, she has this daughter. It's like, that's. Yeah. The problem is different in each one. Like it manifests (laughs) itself in a, in a different way. Yeah, but her outfits, my God. And I didn't realize that that was a replacement. The The actress... Uh, oh, was Joe it supposed B- to be Aquafina? or yeah, something? Yeah, like at the last possible second, she had to pull out. and uh, Stephanie Shue. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just a, a, that's such a great character that was... God, that just those outfits, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, I was like, I want... I just want to look at those outfits again. Yeah, also just the the name Joe Butipaki. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was like, this it's has like, to be like it's a bun it's like a word jumble or something. I was like, I this must yeah. be something. Yeah. It has to be something. And I'm missing I, it. 
<laughs> yeah, I haven't <laughs> looked it up or researched it. I just, I'm like, I really enjoy the way that trips off the tongue. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's, it's like cellar door, Joe Butapak. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it's a Kaiser Soze. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It totally is. <laughs> if it's not already evident, this will be a spoiler discussion. I yes. know some people, I, I think probably if you're listening, you've either seen the film or, or don't or, or don't mind it being spoiled, but that's just, a, I always forget to say we're, it's a spoiler uh, discussion or, or we'll have spoilers in it. But um, back to this cast i this is some really unconventional casting uh michelle yo you know obviously has been in these iconic roles taking on a very unglamorous role in the beginning and then uh, kihi kwan being the i did not know who i was watching when mm -hmm. i saw the movie wait did you not know he was going to be in it i didn't know he was going to be in it and him. i didn't recognize him Oh wow! Because I have mm -hmm. not seen, I haven't looked him up. I don't think I made might have looked him up a few years ago to see what's what he what is he up to. But I didn't recognize him when I in the film, and so I assumed that he was someone from some cool movie I'd not seen recently mm -hmm. or something. I'm like, oh, he's probably some guy that was in Marvel two years ago or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and then I didn't realize until I was watching like a Jimmy Kimmel interview that oh my god, <laughs> like it's this it's an yeah, actor who I data. actually I, is someone I know and love very well, and he's and he gives I think my favorite performance in the movie. I think in a movie that has like uh, a million things happen in it. I, I, the image I would take with me is him just looking at camera, kind of in, in the pathos on his face. It's a, it's a beautiful performance really and uh yeah yeah it's yeah. um it, it's it's shocking that he's so good in it it's like shocking that we haven't been seeing him more consistently over the last 35 yeah. years <laughs> like yeah. because he uh you know like everyone in this movie plays different versions alternate uni universe versions of, of themselves mm -hmm. um so every actor in this gets to play so much and have some, you know, so much range and get to do so many different things. And he nails every one of those different things that he does. Mm -hmm. um, I was just watching something the other day uh, about, um, I think he went to like a movement trainer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or something? Did he talk about this on Kimmel? Uh, it, was, it was something else. That well, I know he he worked behind the scenes, like doing fight choreography and stuff like that. So he's done. I, I don't know. You mean for this movie? Yeah, for this movie, oh, oh, uh, he yeah, worked yeah. with a movement trainer. Just like, like each universe version of him uh, moved like a different animal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, like the like it was like a squirrel was like the uh, whatever the first Wayman that you meet at the beginning uh -huh. of, the, of the movie, and then Alpha Wayman moves like an eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wow. and then, like the da the really like dapper version of himself, and that's uh, the Wong Kar Wai version. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's uh, a fox, I think, is what. Oh, he trained in movement as I, I, I'm pretty sure that I, I might might be getting it wrong, but I'm, <laughs> I'm such pretty an sure that I heard way of something coming like at that. it though. It's yeah, like different this this the different animals. I thought. I mean, I was watching this and I was like. I, I we watched uh, the Lost City and we watched Marry Me both for the podcast and both of those have women in their fifties where it's sort of vaguely mentioned that they might be over thirty five but they're very careful not to actually say fifty at any point in the story. Really, and, and neither one of these actresses, you know, no fault of theirs, they have to work. They they're either in the Lost City, I think, like heavily filtered. Um, right, and then and marry me. Just, just it's it's the lack of acknowledgement. I think is is something. It's there's something uncomfortable about it because you sort of know that this doesn't make sense. But we're trying to 
okay, I'll just pretend she's 36 or something. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to be believing. Yeah. Um, and in this one, I was there was some scene in the closet and I was like, dang, these are two like people in their 50s. And this isn't hard to watch at all. It's a relief to be like, these people are in their 50s. No one's telling me they're not. Right, right. Like they're valid human beings in their 50s. And and it's it's uncomfortable when I'm being told that, you know, like we're all supposed to be 20. <laughs> right. Like that makes me feel just uncomfortable in a way that, and you know, they're not a lot of parts I'm sure for Asian men. And I'm sure that that's part of the reason why we haven't seen him in 35 years is, is like, what's he going to do? Play right. waiters yeah. or, that, you know, that's basically like, what he said or, or what I saw him say the other day was like it, that yeah, there just weren't, it wasn't like I wanted to stop acting. There just weren't parts. And then crazy rich agents came out and suddenly now there's a, yeah, we're, we're people considering realize, <laughs> people so realize that people like watching actors and they're, they're not completely stupid. Uh, yeah. But for me personally, I was just, I think there's something especially about, about the, the allowing older women to be in movies, but then freaking the out. Yeah. Just being like, but I can't really say that that's what's happening. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, um, it's funny. I feel like I say my age in almost every conversation. I have. <laughs> now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, well, you know, as a 42 year old yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a, this is this is 40. This is 41. This, this is 42. Is it's so funny. You just keep saying this is 42. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's comf- that's sort of comfortable to see somebody who's like. I love that line though, where where it's like you you're capable of anything because you're bad at everything. I might be slightly <laughs> misstating that, but it it's like like the idea that this lady, however old she is, has the you know is is desired and has the potential to have different things happen in her life, which sort of has nothing to do with the multiverses. It's just like at any point in your life, you can make a different decision. Right. And I think especially about women, it's always something to do with like, a, you know, if you get a new boyfriend or something and it's not that. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I liked, I did like though, this sort of, sort of thing that in every one of these realities, it's like she thought the grass would be greener. Mm-hmm. I like that they all have their, their own flaw. Like th- that's a good message that the movie had is that, there's so much trivial junk that's not meaningless just in life. Like it's right. about, it's the relationships, it's the people, you know, it's, it's kindness and connecting with the people that you love. And it's not about like the success that you, you, you find and the success that you may have. Um, I like that each one of those, you know, realities was just not all that it was, you know, cracked up to be. Yeah. And maybe finding people where like meeting someone where they are, and not being mad about them putting googly eyes on things. It's like, <laughs> right. you can see that as a charming quality, or you can mm-hmm. see that as a th- quality you hate. It's up to you. Right. Yeah. It is interesting that the, that the again, we're talking about, I mean, the movie, I keep coming back to how how much shit there is in the movie, like how much, <laughs> yes. truly how many images there are. And I think it's maybe because of the tonnage of stuff that like the images that stick out to me are like those rocks, you know, those two rocks in the desert where oh my God, yes. the movie slows down for a second and you, and it's interesting that a movie like this, it's like there's so much stuff that happens in it and then it kind of comes down to a parking lot discussion between mother and daughter. Like the movie has this 
it sort of knows when to slow down a little bit and when to uh, when to get you to focus on either just the performances or just the kind of the themes that it's you know trying to get across. And uh, because it's not dissimilar, I think it's I think they're quite different in style. But like Michelle Gondry's movies, the the post Eternal Sunshine movies, which I always thought yeah. were a little underrated, like The Science of Sleep and some of those movies. But I think this film, what this film does, maybe maybe. It obviously, I think, is doing it in a more effective way than the, than than the, than some of Michelle Gondry's movies, and just because I sat in an audience where everyone was losing their minds <laughs> over it, yeah. speaking to an audience, obviously, that finds this story very resonant. The, yeah. Well, um, talk a little bit about the theaters that you saw it in. Like, what was it packed? Did you see it in a packed theater that was just like eating yeah. it up, or, or? Yeah, I saw it. It was funny because I I went to see it with my friend, and um, we went to the Grove. Okay. And which is always a great place to see movies, always, because yes. they're just good audiences over there. And <laughs> when I I was sitting there and I was just laughing and reacting to the movie and certain points being like, hey, I'm not going to cry about hot dogs. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm fine. I can totally handle this. And the person sitting next to me was a, a couple, I think, and they were completely silent the entire time. And I was like, why don't you make any noise at all? Because the rest of the theater is making noise. And I was like, you can't be pressured into making noise or liking this or whatever it is that's going on. And I was just thinking about like the, how wonderful it is to not be sitting at home watching this. Yeah. Because it's so fun to participate. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, it's fun yeah. to participate. It's fun to be like, this is a specific human that came up with this idea this isn't already part of a a multiverse thing it's like oh like i but also at the same time it's part of a lot of movies talking about kind of similar things like turning red has this element in it of generational trauma and resolving that and kanto has that in it um You know, Spider-Man has this idea of like everyone can be saved, that all relationships can be saved no matter what. And it's really, I'm just kind of fascinated about why is this in the zeitgeist so much that we need to talk about how at any age, at any point, no matter who you are, it can be fixed. We can still fix it. I was curious if you had... I, I think it's, I, I mean, it's coming out of the, I, I don't want to talk about politics, but it's like, I think it's coming out of like that 2016 to 2020. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think a lot of people that create art coming yeah. out of that are like, we, we, you know, yeah, we had a bad, we had a rough go of it for a <laughs> right. little while there. But like, I think that like <laughs> we can turn around, turn it around. Like we have to refocus on what's important. We have to love yeah. each other. We have to and also uh, find empathy and yeah, yeah, reconciliation for sure, for sure. With people, yeah, yeah with your grandparents or parents too. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah, right. You're like they're uh, monsters, but are they? Okay, I can fix this. I can fix this. I think yeah, I think that's a, I think that's probably what it is. Uh, but I really like it. I like the idea of, of um, especially stories that I think are about, like, God, we haven't gotten this right in 70, 80, 100 years, maybe. But now, maybe? Yeah. Um, I saw the movie in a um, 
packed IMAX. I went. I saw it in IMAX. <gasps> like, on the, like the uh, which yeah. IMAX? Which screen are we yeah. talking about? Uh, the Burbank. Uh, Burbank. The Burbank sixteen, Burbank baby. 16. <laughs> and and uh, I saw it on on. Uh, the opening night, I went by myself, so there was like one seat left that uh-huh. I managed to grab, and um, and it was you know it's the Burbank 16, it's opening night of this movie, mm-hmm. it's IMAX, it's a crowd that is going to, I'd say, thirty percent of the crowd is um, speaking along with Nicole Kidman as she does uh-huh. that <laughs> preamble, you know, and there's like applause for the Nicole Kidman thing. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good setup. You know it's going to be good. And I'm like, this audience is great. You know, it's funny, This and this is very Los Angeles specific, but I feel like now that the arc light has closed, that's yeah. where like all of your your movie buffs were going, and the Vista, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like those places are, are, are currently closed or, or, you know, um, not quite what they used to be right now or whatever. Uh, everyone's going to AMC now. All those people mm-hmm. are going to AMC. All the coolies yeah. are going to AMC. All the cool yeah. movie people are going to AMC <laughs> yeah. now. And we got this really silly Nicole Kidman thing that everyone just, it's like, it's such a fun thing to have. It yeah. is. It's great. It's the best. It's the, it's the, I'm, I was amazed they didn't reference it at the Oscars because I was like, this is the one thing. This is, people have seen this more than the movies. <laughs> did you see, yeah. did you, I don't know. There, there's this website called um, uh, Shot Deck. It's like a resource for filmmakers to, um, or commercial directors or whatever, basically to pull reference images. Oh yeah, from movies. yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and every week they add like five new movies to the library, and it's like, you know, high quality stills from like pivotal moments in the movie, or really mm-hmm. great looking shots, and you can organize it into folders. On April Fool's Day, they put the AMC trailer. Oh, on yeah. it. that was like their new addition for the day. Was yeah. Like, <laughs> The shot deck version of like every shot from that trailer. I might have seen a, <laughs> from that thing. the still of the AMC logo in the pond, like reflected in the, in the, oh, yeah, in yeah, the puddle. Yeah. And I was looking at it. Someone put it up and I was like, that's kind of a nice shot. <laughs> it really is. It actually is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where did you, uh, importantly, where did you park it? Where did you park? We have yes. to ask this. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, I, par- I parked in the, uh, the, the, the tall parking garage. Okay. The, um, yeah. The one that's, uh, if you walk out, um, if you walk down the steps and go all the way through that tunnel, yes, and keep mm-hmm. going, yeah, till mm-hmm. you hit Olive. I think it's on Olive, right? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that parking structure somewhere right around there. But um, uh, did you get lost? Did you get lost? I didn't get lost because <laughs> I I made sure. Oh, well, mm. I I went up one extra flight of stairs when I was going back to my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I but I knew. But I was. Uh, it, it was so packed that night, and I was a little bit late. Uh, getting there I missed some of the previews um I was like almost on the roof so I knew that I was like up in those top two floors, oh that's like, a- pretty <laughs> close to the stairwell so a classic a yeah, classic but move. it is a it's it's a nightmare parking situation over there <laughs> it really is it's uh I saw the film at the exact same theater exact same screen okay. I think maybe the night before I went on the Thursday night okay and uh, okay. uh same I parked in the same structure uh yeah, but that IMAX screen. This is by the way, it's an AMC it's an AMC artisan film. An you AMC know, I, artisan <laughs> film. A twenty four presents an AMC artisan film. That is so weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's supposed to have like arugula in it or something. <laughs> this is every hey everybody, th- this is a serious one. It's a serious <laughs> one. 
I have to find my ticket. I think. Um, oh, if your butts are in the same seats. Yeah. Well, I, I think I might. Now I'm thinking I might have went. No, I did go on Friday. Never mind. Yeah. Official mind. opening. Official opening day. Um, yeah. I went last night, and uh, I I think it was it was like I could feel that this movie was going to be something that I don't know. God, it's just so rare to go to a movie where people really like it and it's interesting at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it's, I think this this um it, it sort of reminded me of. A lot of people are drawing Matrix comparisons. Like, oh, I felt like this is how I felt when I left the Matrix. You uh-huh. know, yeah. um, I will say that I, I walking out of the theater, I'm like, I don't think I've felt like this walking out of a movie since being John Malkovich. That's the Ooh. that's what I sort of connected oh. it to because I'm yeah. like that blew my mind. Yeah, it was the first Charlie Kaufman script. You know, yeah. it was just such a wild concept. And again, the execution of like. The craft was there, you know, it was mm-hmm. like really great filmmaking, um, but it was also just like really silly and funny mm-hmm. and poignant. Yeah, like it, it, yeah. it, just like this, it had all of those things, which is like some of these movies that I love growing up all sort of had those things. Right? Like Edward Scissorhands yeah. had those things. It's so weird yeah. that you mentioned being John Malkovich because that's the movie that I, I, that's one I always draw on as like when I left that theater, it felt like I had been, and being John Malkovich is not, it's not like the, greatest visual feast ever committed to cinema or whatever it's kind of a low budget movie but i i always think back on that as like that was one where i left out like well my 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 view of all this is different now like my i, mm-hmm. I there's a there's new little things you can do in a movie it, it was literally like okay you can do new stuff in a movie yeah yeah uh, even just the story yeah like yeah visually and just the just the it's such a wild concept it's just so <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I think a similar kind of thing where it's like there are these <laughs> alternate versions of like there there sort of is a multiverse in there. Yeah. There's a tunnel yeah. and it's like, well, that's not exactly. Yeah. Maybe there's <laughs> maybe we've been working on this idea that like, oh, OK, there are other versions. And maybe that means something psychologically in addition to kind of in the cool way of the Matrix where it's like there are other versions of yourself that you can yeah. have in a in a more intimate smaller scale than like a literal multiverse. It's like sort of a metaphor, but it's also not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're playing around with like I, my thing. I was I always drew when I saw Get Out, which is in its own, which is brilliant in its own mm-hmm. way. But I always thought, oh, this reminds me a little bit of being John Malkovich because it's the idea of older people going into it, you know, a different. And it seems like we're work, we're constant. And then that all goes back to body switching movies, which we all, mm-hmm. in one form or another, we saw one of those kind of movies when we were a kid. And so we're all, I think, if you're part of a certain generation, you started with a body switching Freaky Friday type film. And yep. then mm-hmm. Malkovich and then Matrix and then Get Out. It's all this idea of, all right, and then Avatar, you know, like, okay, yeah. time to put on the new body. And <laughs> By the way, just to bring it circle back again, I vividly remember my father falling asleep during that um, Fred Savage, Judge Reinhold uh, body switching <laughs> oh, <yeah>. movie. <laughs> Vice like, but, versa. But this is supposed to be about dads and sons. <laughs> no. He stayed awake for twins. He really? loves twins. Yeah. Well, twins, yeah. well, twins, you can't, you don't got But he's twins. a real Danny DeVito. I always thought of my dad as like a Danny DeVito type. Oh, really? Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he always sort of reminded me of Danny DeVito. I can't imagine him as, as I guess he's, he's very different than my dad. <laughs> Have you looked at twins lately? 
I, I haven't. Uh, oh, actually, I think we. I, I watched. I watched it a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, because I showed Addy Kindergarten Cop too. We kind of mm, went on like mm-hmm. a c- comedic Schwarzenegger uh, run. Uh-huh. I was just. I just saw that up in the my streaming, and I was like, "Can I show her this? It's about kindergarten. She's, she's in preschool." <laughs> Oh, it's fun. I'll say that you could show her the parts where he's in the kindergarten classroom. Right, right. Yeah. But the rest of it, it's like drug deals. All these. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's not going to get that. She's just going to be like. Three Men and a Baby. When is the last time you watched Three Men and a Baby? Oh, yeah. That's a drug movie. It's like a lot about cocaine. There's like a lot of like, yeah, there's like a big drug deal that's like sort of like the. Yeah. Yeah. I watched Splash uh, with her. And I watched it in the the weird Disney Plus version where her butt is all blurred blurred out. Oh! So what they did is the instead of cl- taking out the scenes where she's naked, they extended her hair so that it covers her boobs, and then they made this sort of weird hair blob for her butt, so you don't okay. see her butt. But they're so strange looking that. I remember, I mean, she's very little, but I was like, this isn't what it looks like, but just watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) And she was into it because, you know, it's a mermaid. It's a mermaid. It's like, what kid doesn't like mermaids? Oh, Um, yeah. The, uh, uh, speaking of uh, just inappropriate things to show kids, I, I, this was a movie, Everything Everywhere, I'm like, oh, man, this is something I'd love to show Mm -hmm. (laughs) Adelaide, but like, like everything uh, Daniels uh, do, Daniels Mm -hmm. does, (laughs) they, um, you know, there's there's uh, dildos in it. There's uh, there's yeah. the, 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 the when plug, the guys yeah. jump. Yeah, the butt plug. Which, by the way, did you spot those? Yes, on I de- did. I was like, I those did. are I butt was plugs. Almost like, hey, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah. That got a, a reaction from my audience. They, oh, they, big time. Yeah, they saw when yeah. they first showed. The, yeah, the first when close they first up. showed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But before yeah. the close up, I was like, that's something. That's something. <laughs> What are we going to see? Yeah, but I couldn't yeah. have conceived of how much something that it was. I could not believe, man, that shot where that guy comes flying through the air, just like holding his legs out in a split, like yes. flying toward it. Like th- those are the things. And this is why this movie for me was um, is it, it was just so incredible, mind-blowing that there can be moments like that that exist in the same movie that like has this heartfelt stuff where I'm crying and the poignant, you know, mm-hmm. moments and the mother daughter story. And like, yeah. you know, you can have the, the butt plug stuff. You could have the raccoon. Oh my like- God. I love that so much. I was like, this is so something that someone really said. Yeah. And that is in now in this movie, like some mom was insisting that it was about a raccoon. Yeah, which like again, that was like just seemed like such a funny throwaway. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that like, and 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 I guess in the context of the movie, she hadn't realized that in this alternate universe, the raccoon existed yet, right? Because like no. she doesn't see it yet, so it truly was her mistake. Yes. And then calling it was Ratatouille also Ratatouille Yeah. But why does it? I will. I'll admit I'm not a hundred percent on every plot machination of this movie because it's 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 quite complicated. What it, did did her saying that trigger the other universe, or is it just that? No. So oh, okay. she so she she explained Rakakuni <laughs> as a way to um, 
explain how she was like controlling another body of hers in another universe right. or like or like how whatever one of her and she one was universe explaining can, the yeah. yeah she was explaining the multiverses to her her husband and he didn't he didn't know when he was him and when he wasn't him oh yeah she's yeah, explaining yeah. it and then like the way that the rat in ratatouille right. controls oh, yes, but okay. it's a raccoon yeah. but so she, it was like <laughs> totally separate from the reality that that does actually that is a real thing but what i loved about it is it was i was like dang that's simple like i I do know what you're saying and thank you for giving me that little visual and then that on top of that it's also another universe it's like oh my god yeah this is so much thinking right and you get to then once they um I mean, such a funny moment when she rips the hat off and like exposes, yes. or you know, wh- or whatever. When when they expose that it's <laughs> that a rat, Benny Hanna. That, that's who he's doing. <laughs> yeah, because she's jealous that he's a better hibachi <laughs> yeah. chef than she is. Like, it's just so layered. Like, there is just it's its own movie. That's the thing. Like each of yeah. these things, mm-hmm. it's like it's really a beginning middle end they have their own stories and they still connect back to the main story um it's just like such a math problem it's just such a puzzle you know um and uh uh and the fact that they keep following it yeah you know the raccoon gets taken away you know by the health department like (laughs) she ends up controlling him and he controls her and like and like that, the fact that like that Rakakuni universe has its own emotional arc that is yes. also yeah. um, satisfying at the end. That, yeah. that again, like all the rest of it is poignant, is moving, is meaningful. And yeah. and him, you know, pulling himself back up and, you know, even though his <laughs> raccoon has been taken away. And- <laughs> it's like almost a challenge of like, we're going to give you the most ridiculous images or in the case of the hot dog fingers, I think deliberately repulsive images. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, you will find these emotional. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's almost yeah. like a, a challenge they put to themselves to figure out how to, how to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I first became aware of, of Daniel's, um, this music video they directed had to have been one of their first. Um, I think the band was called Manchester Orchestra Mm -hmm. and the music video, it's like a father and son thing. And like, it's another difficult to explain, (laughs) but it's like, (laughs) but it's like a kid playing with a car. And then like, by the end of the video, it's like, he's in, it it's the lead singer is in the car and there's a car wreck and like it's about this kid and his father and I like teared up watching this music video. Oh yeah. And yeah. and it had their visual style. I mean, and this is like one of the first things that they did. And it's it and visually it feels like everything that they everything that they've done. It feels like all these these practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um or not not all not all practical like compute i mean they, they, they sort of use computers it seems like mostly to paint things out and to make their practical effects work mhm mm. yeah i mean um, it definitely looks like a lot of that stuff is real yeah this old video has that same visual style and all the videos you know that have that have come since that you know they did this i i met them around that time 
and they had directed this Foster the People music video. Uh-huh. And I like went and they showed me like a rough cut of it they were working on where like the band is playing and then like the rigging that's holding all the lights falls and kills the band Foster the People. It's for the <laughs> okay. song Houdini. Mm-hmm. And oh. then um and then you remember those videos where it's like uh uh I think it was like Japanese maybe. It would be, there was like a Matrix ping pong game. Have you ever seen it? It was like a viral oh, thing. Oh, I think I remember that, yeah. No, and the guys no. that are dressing in black are like lifting the ping pong players. Yeah. It's against a black background and it looks like it's changing angles and stuff, but it's on stage and it, it, it looks like the Matrix, but it's done with like guys wearing black. Oh. Sort of li- oh. Anyway, the, so in the music video, they decide to puppeteer the band to con- to complete this music video. <laughs> yes. And it continues on and the story just keeps going and it's like the band goes on tour and they're like <laughs> and and now there's like this whole team of people that's puppeteering these dead guys. Uh. Clearly they loved Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like with everything that they've done from that to turn down for what, like everything has this really unique visual style and, and, and there's like emotion behind all of the storytelling. Yeah. Like it's I- not just really weird, funny visual gags. Like there's, there's something else. And yeah, Swiss Army Man as well is the same way. So it's like really exciting to see this movie. Um, You know, these these guys are like the new auteur filmmakers that Mm -hmm. just really have their own thing. And everything they do is going to be like this. And no one else, people might ape this style, but like... Well, that was one thing I did think about, not to not to preemptively get annoyed at things that don't exist, but I was like, <laughs> Go ahead. I was like, it's the same feeling I'm sure you might have had it when you see Tarantino or something and those films get successful where I'm like, the one thing in this movie where it's like, you do something weird that will help you like jump to the next universe. Yeah. And I was like, that's a Pandora's box. You give mm-hmm. other filmmakers the the uh, the comedic excuse like hey you want to just do something weird it's you know many are called but few are chosen in the do something weird category of you know comedy (laughs) right i like that we were trained in what that was though like that it starts out where she needs to get and get advice about what a weird thing to do would be and then as she goes along she's like no i got this i know exactly how to be weird yeah, it's funny how it just yeah, yeah, how that snowball just keeps rolling down the hill and <laughs> like, like by the end it's something know, that you just I completely know. accept and like other characters are doing it. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like the way yeah. they slowly feed you that information and yeah. then and then once you're bought in, it's like, okay, great. Now great, every great, character great. is just gonna be like jumping ass first onto these. <laughs> right. And how the audience and... all understood exactly what he was trying to accomplish, and then as soon as you see him, you know that that next image is going to be something insane. And, and I, I think that's something, something about the filmmaking style too, of, of doing something so weird. It's, it's like, I think because we grew up with so much advertising that has become more and more and more self-aware that we understand irony too well. And so if you're trying to get somebody to feel an emotion, you kind of have to throw the ball one way and then, it get it's like oh oh wait i'm crying why like you need to trick people into feeling stuff because they're so used to being like oh this is one of those movies where i cry this is like an oscar baby whatever i'm not gonna cry i'm not dumb Mm -hmm. and that's why i think this movie it has it is it's so sneaky with the way 
Like I started crying just seeing the image of the two rocks. Right. No, no dialogue. Just seeing the image of the two rocks. I started yeah. crying. <laughs> like, wow, because it's like you switch it up enough, you don't feel like you're being sold anything. Right. That's what I think that's a tough thing to I mean, like, look at the AMC Nicole Kidman thing. It's like, well, we're going to immediately make fun of it. We cannot handle the sincerity of like, we love going to the movies. Actually, I do love going to the movies, but I'm going to immediately make fun of it because that's that's where my brain goes. Yeah. Well, they seem to. I think they, they I mean, these are I I'll, I think I can safely say the Daniels, they are contemporary filmmakers. I mean, in the sense they are making movies for the contemporary audience, which not every filmmaker is like I don't. This is not even a criticism of one kind of style or another, but like um Paul Thomas Anderson, for instance, is when you see one of his movies, it's like, I'm going to try to make a great movie from the 70s, you know, and uh-huh, yeah. that's what you're you're watching. And you watch it and you go, oh, Licorice Pizza, that reminds me of like a great film from the 70s. Uh, but uh, the Daniels are like, say what you, I don't know. Some people I think might love the style. Some It might not be some people's cup of tea or whatever, but it is it is aimed at an audience that understands music videos, understands internet content what it is to jump around understands tiktok understands all that stuff and so this film you're watching has it's segmented in a way that works perhaps for the contemporary audience and that's why maybe maybe some people in the audience are stone-faced and some people in the audience are losing their shit because it's (laughs) like the people that are losing their shit are like yeah this is in my rhythm you know this is my uh yeah but the batman has tiktok in it and i was like not into that (laughs) wait did the batman have tiktok in it yeah, I mean, it's got he's he's doing all his murders online and getting well, comments has Twitch, and likes. It has Twitch, yeah. Twitch, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it has sorry. Twitch. That's yeah. right. Oh, that, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little like, wait, but in this, I mean, some of the, I think some of the great thing about the world building in this is that you can, because they're, they're small, they're small pieces and it isn't part of some bigger thing. It's not, it's not like we have a, a franchise we need to protect. And I think right. I've just seen so many franchise movies that, that in and my brain is broken. <laughs> I'm just like, give me a movie that just ha- that starts and ends here. And it's not, I don't got to have to have seen a thing or read a, or seen 20 movies before this one. Like that is yeah. in, in and of itself is a reason to breathe free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think an opportunity to be crazier about it because you don't have to say, like, you know, if you watch a Batman movie and it's like, well, Batman dies at the end of this. Well, you're not allowed to kill Batman because it's a franchise. Right. And this is like, you could kill her. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. She could end up not getting her daughter. That false ending was really oh, great. Oh, so fun. I mean, like, you know, it's not over. <laughs> yeah. But, but some people but in the audience done... didn't. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone get up? No, but some people were like... <laughs> what <laughs> that's good i mean i'm yeah. sure that's what those guys wanted but they really yeah. went far with it like yeah you know i thought it was going to be like one card or something and then right but it was like four cards it was like produced by you know <laughs> yeah. it also comes late enough in the movie i i don't I, i've been to check when it comes in the movie but it comes deep enough where you're like well this is i guess this i think it's going end. into act three i think it was like there. Yeah. I think it was their like so. break into into like their act three or something. And the <laughs> husband's like, yeah, that's kind of a sad ending. <laughs> like, <laughs> could be, could be. Yeah, that was so uh, so cool. Oh my god. Um, yeah. 
to kind of to kind of start rounding out the uh, our discussion of it, we do the MPAA rating of movies on here, which on yes. this show stands for. Uh, well, you can tell Amanda because you're going to give the rating. <laughs> well, Eric, you can give a rating too as a as a parent of human offspring. All right. Um, I give this rating. It's the MPAA rating, which you know, as we all know, there's there's G to NC seventeen ratings based on content in movies. And for me, uh, as a now sensitive film goer, uh, I give ratings based on how much it triggered my uh, triggered me as a parent, <laughs> what I couldn't tolerate. Like for example, the lost daughter was an R because it's like, well, is she gonna get? Is there is the child going to die in this? was so hard to deal with um but then some movies that have lots of action or whatever they don't bother me it's fine um i felt like for me this was an r because it was very enjoyable but it was painful it was like what decisions are you making as a parent especially as a mom of a daughter for me uh that are going to make her feel like she can't be herself uh, what what things are you bringing to the table as a parent uh, are, are maybe stifling certain things. And we, we didn't even talk about how the daughter in this movie is gay and her mom is uncomfortable with it and won't even won't even say that she has a girlfriend. Uh, and then by the end is is saying like, yes, this is a girlfriend. It's very important to me that you have someone who loves you and sees you. But. To me, that's a universal thing. <laughs> like we're always going to misunderstand our children a little bit, and I love that it's 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 talking about that stuff. But that's also really it's scary stuff to talk about. It's scary stuff to think about. Um, so I think if you're a parent, you know, come into this knowing you're going to cry and probably walk out of it thinking about what choices you're making for your kids. Um, that you might you might have to you might have to address later down the road. So I give it an R. A, a positive uh, cried a bunch R. <laughs> <laughs> so a positive R. Yeah. So does that mean just for adult, or does that mean like as an adult, as a parent? Well, yeah, I think when I'm giving these ratings, it's like, I think in the in sort of the vein of what those ratings are for is like, you know, be advised that there's content Right. And that's what I'm thinking from is be advised there's content. It's not just a wackadoo movie. It also does get way down into the weeds of like the mistakes that we make as parents impact whole adult humans. Right, right. Yeah, then, you know, I, I, I think I would have to agree with you there um, mm -hmm. that you do have to be prepared to sort of contemplate everything about life mm -hmm. <laughs> when you're going <laughs> and seeing this movie yes. um yeah. and whether your takeaway is like life is meaningless let's just go for it and mm -hmm. live the best life we can or the only meaning you could find in life is you know the relationships and you hold on close to the ones you love and be forgiving and um you definitely have to be prepared to to go through all of that. Yeah. It's not just like a fun sci-fi action romp with, um, some really silly humor in it. It's, uh, so I guess, yeah, for f thinking about it, um, seeing it through that lens, I, I think I would also give it an R. Solid. 
Solid it's a grown R. up. It's a grown up movie. And you know yeah. what? Yeah. It's an actual R rated movie. So it is. <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs> but I would say that. But then I would also say like I think that if you can get pay, like I I do want my I do I do want to be able to show this. Like so I have to watch it again to really be to sort of comb through and be like, is this cool for my kid to see? Yeah, she's ten years yeah. old. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's things that are gonna be like above her, like yeah. you know. There's going to be things that are way above her head. <laughs> Doing yeah. a frame-by-frame frame analysis of everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> yeah, totally like, well, once you're 35 years into a marriage and you're not happy, what do you like, I'm not thinking about that. I'm 10. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I think like the, yeah, the, the things for the butt plug thing, but like whatever, she doesn't know. It's just a guy putting a thing up his butt. And there's like a yeah. dildo, right? There's like a dildo that comes flying out right. that someone's and fighting I, with or something. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, weapon. I've showed her, I showed her, um, I showed her the jackass movies. Oh, God. oh really? So she saw like a, uh, uh, I don't know. I think there's one where they they like shoot a dildo out of a potato gun at like steve-o's butt or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that she's seen right. you know she's seen that did you so. see jackass forever i didn't see jackass forever i was uh, i was i was shooting my it's the only one that i didn't see in the theater oh yeah okay so you were right because i was we were, we were we were shooting the movie and um and i couldn't uh just because of our schedule um i couldn't risk like getting covid i had to really bubble myself oh <laughs> Yeah, you had um, to go in the bubble. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. I had to go get like a hotel room and stuff. I couldn't even. Oh wow! Di- I didn't even feel comfortable being around like my because my kids were going to school, and I was like, yeah. if I get co- if I bring COVID to the set, like the movie will shut down for a week, and if the movie shuts down for a week, like it's a uh, yeah. Well, it's only eighteen days. That's it's only deal. eighteen days, and yeah, that's because we were sort of up against like yeah, um, Daniel's schedule, and you know there were there were certain other things that we. Yeah. Well, reasons that it had to be that amount of time. So yeah, you'll catch Such it a on a weird time. Yeah. What yeah. a god. What a hellish like. I mean, this is all good and fun stuff we're talking about, but what we this is hell. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's really to try, weird to, to try yeah. to work around or do anything around COVID. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the it's like way... still happening. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't. We're living always with this like it could be tomorrow that. All of the plans are canceled. I know. So miserable. But man, thank God we can go to the movies again. Like, oh yes. Yeah, that yes. was the that was the the only bummer of working on my movie was that I couldn't go to the movies because mm-hmm. like since movie theaters opened back up, oh my God, I've just been at the movies every you know. Oh yeah. yeah. I have that AMC pass or whatever, and I'll tell you, I use it. Oh, you know I'm an AMC <laughs> Stubbs A-list member, and I am seeing my little films every week. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's 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 fun going and see everything. I used to when I was a teenager. I used to see. At, we had a dollar fifty cinema that opened mm. up in our in our town. Wow, which was just like after the movies left. The, oh yeah, after yeah. the first run movies left. But the cool thing about it was. Um, they'd let you in if you weren't to an R-rated movie if you weren't, you know, of age. Because it was just like a real, it was a really crappy little screen. It was a little mom and pop operation. Yeah. And uh-huh. uh, so like my friends and I, like they let us into Pulp Fiction when we were 14. <laughs> 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 and like I saw Pulp Fiction in the movie theater and like that. Oh, that's so fun. And then I, but like I, I used to go to every single, mo- like when I was in high school because of the $1.50 theater and the movies were so cheap, I saw every 
single movie that like yeah. came out in, in in those like 94 to 98 those are good yeah. years though that's yeah good training yeah that's the that's that that era i don't know because that's when i that's when i probably would have been trying to see everything in the world and i don't know if it's just i think everyone loves whatever movie came out from the age of 12 to the age of 18 yeah. or whatever but i have a particular prejudice where i'm like but that was a really good time like 94 to 98 was like you don't understand yeah. that was i mean that's like the like i saw boogie nights there i saw yeah. the big lebowski there i saw yeah. fargo mm-hmm. there like yeah i do feel like i i do maybe romanticize my, my teenage years going to movies but i'm like i don't know i saw fargo in a movie theater and then went and saw david o russell's flirting with disaster on a on the same day and i'm like I don't know. That was a pretty good movie going day. Like, <laughs> like good luck having one like that right now, you know? <laughs> but it is funny. I feel like we are of this age that like, even now, whatever, the auteur directors that put movies out that everyone's like, oh, you got to go see, you know, you got to see the yeah. Quentin Tarantino movie. You got to see the, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Wes Anderson movie. You have to go see, uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, yeah. you know, that that was the era when all those people were like coming up and coming out with their groundbreaking movies that sort of made them who they are uh, today and sort of started building those reputations. So mm-hmm. it's exciting that like we yeah that yeah. in our in our formative years yeah that's when those you know that that's that's when those movies were all out yeah you got to see that you were seeing the, the, those careers begin and then also some of the greats were still in their prime i mean a lot of them are still i mean whatever you can still see scorsese and spielberg and these people work but um it's a different scene and it's a different scene today where it's like it does relate back to this movie where it's like like i i want for people under 50 to be able to make movies and and be seen and uh on a large level and that's those names are 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 uh, precious few right now like i don't know if if this gener if if the generation that followed let's say the wes anderson generation has gotten there their auteurs, so to speak. I mean, there's great, great filmmakers, but their path to distribution and acceptance and celebration is like a little bit challenging, more challenging, I guess. So if Daniels are well, able... Maybe like Ryan Coogler, I feel like, is somebody that people are yeah, looking at for that. Yeah. Oh, God, the trailer for Jordan Nope. Peel. Yeah. Jordan Peele. Yeah. 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 Jordan Peele's that guy. Yeah. He's like the one that sort <laughs> yeah. of is broken. Did you see that yeah. trailer yeah. in your theater? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Big reaction to that. And to the title is like that's such a good title. Wow. Great, great like, title. So, oh my <laughs> god. Um, yeah, that was really that was amazing. Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright sort of came up a little later, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can Mid-2000s, you can find the names. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just um, a different. It's a it's a hostile. I feel like we uh, not to get into a big thing about it, but I feel we it's like a there's a hostility towards risk and art and all these kinds of highfalutin notions right now. And so when you see a I feel like I feel like Jordan Peele is great, but he is an anomaly in that system in terms of mm-hmm. like someone who m- made a film, made it wild. Not only made a film, he made a wildly successful smash hit that that everyone talked about. It's like, you know, uh, that seems rare. You know? Yeah, yeah. But. Now he kind of just gets to do what he wants, and people <laughs> yeah. are excited about it, and they give him the budget for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because nope, like the scope of that movie looked. I mean, it just mm-hmm. looks so. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm so amazing. excited. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about our ratings. 
our uh, we do a one to four rating scale uh, based on something in the movie uh, that we talked about. Um, I think it would be easy to do hot dog fingers. Um, I, I, I mean, that makes sense. There's five of them on your hand, you know. Well, I thought it was one to four, though. Oh, oh, <laughs> right? exactly. Yeah. Well, there's also you have r- yeah, how many I, 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 hot, do- <laughs> yeah. hot dog fingers feels like, uh, you know, you have to go hot dog fingers. How many hot dog fingers <laughs> up? <laughs> yes. How many? How many? God, I love that piano playing. I mean, I had so much fun. I, I really enjoyed this. I enjoy the full scope of it and can't wait to see another movie from these guys um i give it four hot dog fingers covered in ketchup and mustard (laughs) yeah and i will um i mean yeah four four hot dog fingers way up i mean it's got everything yeah and uh and yeah i've 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 yet to i've yet to talk to someone who doesn't just feel very uh, enthusiastically you know just positive about um, about this movie and I've heard, uh, you know, I'm sure there are people are hyperbolic, but I've heard several people say like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. What is it? <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it, I, I just haven't heard anyone say that about a movie in a really long, really yeah. long time. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to like be here for it. You know, to watch it unfold. Exactly, and it's an excited. It's a, that's that's why we wanted to talk about it because it's it's a. There, I'm sure there will be debate. I'm sure there will be talk this way and that way about it. But uh, but it seems unmissable in a way. You know. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you care about this movies. and Paddington Two, <laughs> those are the two greatest <laughs> yes. movies of like the last. Do you really like Paddington Two? I loved it. Did you, have you seen Paddington Two? Mm-hmm. You know what? I've not. Yeah. And uh, here's, we have a, a, here's a spoiler because we have <laughs> we have an episode coming up where we discuss Paddington too, <laughs> because I it is such a beloved it. classic. Yeah, Paddington Two is just it just hits. <laughs> 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 it's just like it's so it's just um, it's just so good. I couldn't can't believe how I couldn't believe how good it was. We saw uh, Paddington One in in the theater. Yeah, and then we saw Paddington, and we loved Paddington one, but Paddington two it was like, wow, we love <laughs> yeah. Paddington two. It's this a sneaky sequel being better than the original. Yeah, yeah. I can't rarity. wait. We were like, we were like, oh, does it make sense to talk about a movie like that's that old or whatever? And it's like, yeah, I think because it's it, it's only grown over the years in terms of people. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, it, like the Rotten yeah. Tomatoes rating is a, is a big thing. Like Paddington 2 is the highest rated movie ever on Rotten right. Tomatoes. It beat like Citizen <laughs> Kane or something like that, right? Wasn't it like yeah. Yeah. 100% of pe- people who have ever seen this saw the like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and well, well uh, you know what what sort of made me think about that is I read today that Everything Everywhere All at Once is the highest rated movie on Letterboxd. Oh. oh. Highest rated movie of all time. Do you do Letterboxd? Um, I, I did, I like signed up for it and like started selecting things I watched, but I'm like, I'm never, I can't, I can't keep up Um, with this. I think it would be a waste of of your time. Um, (laughs) it's not a waste of my time because uh, I have problems. Yeah. I, uh, um, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Yeah. I, 
Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I don't need people to like read what I think about something. Yeah. I stu- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a Mama Needs a Movie Letterbox. We just, we, oh, I, great. I, I just okay. started that because, uh, again, I, I needed to waste more time. So you uh, have to have two yeah. Letterbox. Exactly. Now. So now there's, yeah. a, so follow Mama Needs a Movie on Letterbox, Mama Pod on Letterbox. Um, yeah. I feel like I, um, uh, maybe it's just now that I'm a 42 year old man. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I've just found for some reason, I, I, I'm like, no one, I don't need to, no one cares what I have to say. <laughs> like just on social media and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hot pulled, takes. I, yeah. I've pulled back <laughs> quite a bit. I'll tweet an occasional joke or like, Oh, I really like a thing, but like not nearly as much as I used to. I'm just like, I'm just going to like do the, I'm just going to try to do the work. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm just going to try to work and like, let that be what I'm known for. If anyone cares about seeing a thing I made, oh, no. that's, yeah. what they'll, that's what they'll know me for. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I think that's what, that's something that's underlying in this movie when they're talking, when the, the husband is explaining sort of his philosophy of life you could also read as something about talking about any kind of art is like I can just why be like you don't need to be hateful about everything your life will be better if you look at it gently yes and I think that's true I think as I have become a person who is aware of more of the awfulness in the world I've also become more kinder about the things that I like and saying like yeah there are flaws but good heavens this is this tiny point of joy <laughs> why don't right. I just focus right. on that I see I disagree um <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to Ryan's Quibble Corner. Yes. I found here are the five top flaws of everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of that out there. There's a lot of that out there. Yes. Yeah, because I feel like you win somehow if you're like, I found the reason why the thing everyone loves is bad. Yeah. 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 I tend to just like, I'll be public about the things I like and I'll just be private. About that. I mean, believe me, I will talk about things I don't like, but I'm yeah. going to do it yeah. like... Yeah. yeah, with the windows rolled up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Turn, turn on the loud music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Eric Capel, uh, this is I, I, this is phenomenal. That you're you've been such a wonderful guest, and uh, this is thank you for like uh, coming and and talking about this movie, which has been uh, a thrill. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me, and it was uh, it was great to see both of you. It's been too thank long. You. It sounds like you're not on social media, but if if, if people are uh, are interested in just following like, Hey, what's the latest with you? What's the best way to do that? Uh, well, I, I actually, <laughs> I am, I am at E-Rock Appel on Twitter and I am at E-Rock Appel on Instagram as well. Nice. Yeah. And nice. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I don't, uh, use it. I post some stories on the old, uh, I put more more stories than anything on, yeah. on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I read Twitter more than I write. But you yeah. guys can follow me there. Want to go? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you want to see Eric read Twitter, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I check I check both of these things quite frequently. So if anyone wants to send me a message or anything, that's yes. where I am. That's where you can find me. You want to send a message, and of course, and yeah, people have right now. I mean, we all know uh, Weird will be out. Uh, 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 pretty- I think. Uh, 
I think by the end of the year. Yeah, by the end of the year. But who knows? I always try to push people to with some kind of Twitter or something because, like, who knows? You might have another short. You might have another thing. Something else you want to, um, you know. Tell yeah, about. yeah. A lot of uh, mm. a lot of exciting things going on. Mostly about my kids. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. The my, most exciting. Want to see my kids do a fun dance or something? <laughs> then check it out. Uh, yeah. And if you want to follow this show, go to uh, Mama Pod on Twitter. And what's the Instagram again? Damn it. It's Mama Needs a Movie Pod on Instagram. And I manage the Instagram and Ryan manages the Twitter. So if you want to engage with me, use the Instagram. <laughs> if you want to engage with Ryan, use the Twitter because I don't do anything with that. Yeah. If you're from Mars, go to <laughs> Twitter. If you're from Venus, yeah. go to Instagram. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Eric. It's again. hilarious that you have a Total Recall poster behind you right now, talking about being from being from yeah. Mars. Hey. <laughs> Mars. Um, well, thank you so so much for taking time out of your day to discuss this, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this movie and not hating on it. Uh, your your film, The Weird Al. Oh, thank you. And learning about Weird Al because I don't know a lot about Weird Al. I'm very excited. You'll learn so much that. No one knows. That's yeah. all true. That's all, all true. One hundred percent true. <laughs> yes. I, okay, if there's cool. one thing I know, it's it's that every detail in your movie will probably be true. That's yeah. This is <laughs> yes. all very very <laughs> yes. all true. All true stuff. Things that things that will shock you. Wow. Things that will shock you. Wow. Shake me to my core. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, until next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>